Hello and welcome to Kinway Oh my god. <laughs> We're off for a wonderful start. Do over. <coughs> Hello and welcome to Kinway Quest episode 148. I'm your host who apparently can't talk today. My caps, aka Wheels, and with me as always. Cannibalistic uh, humanoid underground dweller, family master, David McBurney. You're a chud? Yes, that was yeah, that was the joke. I was gonna say that explains so much. That's rude. <laughs> I've been very amused by the existence of a sequel to Chud called Chud Two: Bud the Chud. What? I, mem- I I remember seeing that in the back of the TV guide once, just listed. I'm like, yeah, sure, no, okay, I don't get this channel anyway. Thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> I I view it as a an untapped uh, potential in comedy subtitling. We've, yep. we've done all that Electric Boogaloo has done all that it can for the world. We must move on to Butt the Chud. But not Too Fast, Too Furious? No, nah, <laughs> that's, that's not a subtitle. It's a main title. Yeah. True, true. Oh, so anyway, yes, calling in from Japan, yes, Michael Baker with World's Cutest Co-Host. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is learning to crawl. She's putting a lot of practice into it, and now she's a little tired, and she doesn't want to crawl anymore, so we're holding her. So. That makes sense. And keeping her away from the laptop. Also makes sense. So, what have we been up to? Well, um, I signed up for a free trial for DC Universe. To actually oh, watch a TV show, yes, I know it does happen on occasion. Uh, and that TV show was Titans, the show I actually made fun of when it was first announced. Because what the hell was this? No when... longer teens, now just yes. Titans. Why? Why are you making grim, dark Teen, teen Titans? Why? <laughs> to be fair, Teen Titans has, on some level, always wanted to be grim, dark. It's true. Like I've seen some of the uh, actual comics. Because they were coming. taught badly that this is somehow a winning formula. As a Dark Knight series, yes, something about the Judas contract. <laughs> yes, but uh, anyway, the show is actually really freaking good, um, which was which shocked me to no end. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go into some spoilers, so if you're actually interested in the show, uh, skip skip ahead or stop listening for a minute. Uh, but the last episode of okay, season. I'll do that. S- <laughs> The last episode of the first season is basically, so uh, for anyone that's not aware, one of the characters is the daughter of a demon. Uh, So said demon is in the process of coming back, and uh, Robin basically gets put into like a hallucination of like a possible future, which involves Batman finally murdering the Joker and then going on a killing spree, uh, murdering all the villains in Arkham Asylum, and... Dick Grayson has to try and bring him to justice, which eventually uh, ends with the Wayne Manor being blown up and falling on uh, Batman in the Batcave, and he goes down there to see if anyone's still alive because he had murdered a bunch of cops. Batman, that is. And uh, Dick Grayson finally snaps and puts him out of his misery, and I guess doing so in this hallucination basically like turns him over to the dark side of Trigon. So, uh, wow. yeah, it was uh, 
it was some shit. I was choices were made. Choices were made. Um, it was a really good episode, but uh, yeah, the show was pretty darn good. Okay. Uh, I'd still recommend watching the cartoon over it, but uh, <laughs> which cartoon? Either one, actually. There's more Seriously? than one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a recent one. Yes, there's Teen Titans Go, and which is something completely different, but it's also freaking hilarious. Yeah, Teen Titans Go is more of the Gonzo parody of the of the first cartoon series. Exactly. Yeah, but was Teen Titans Go to the movies last. Uh, no, it wasn't the last one that Stanley was in before he died, was it? Might have been. Um, no, I, I think the la- I think Stanley's actual last. Um, screen appearance after his death was an episode of um, actually I think it was an episode of Big Hero 6 wouldn't surprise me yeah considering he's an considering he's an actual character in Big Hero 6 Mm -hmm. I know that he's in Spider-Verse I can't remember if he died before that came out I'm trying to think of the last thing Um, that he would have been alive to see himself in even if he didn't actually do it Um, possibly Captain Marvel in that case. I think Captain Marvel's a little after Spider-Verse. Yeah, I think that may have been after he passed. He died No, but he could have had a special showing or something. That does happen That's true, that's true. Yeah, let's see. That would have been like five months. I don't think the effects would have been completed on Captain Marvel. He died in November of 2018. Um, Infinity War? Infinity War is post is like uh, six months prior to his death, I think. Let's see, my keyboard is misbehaving. This is very germane to the subject. Um, let's see, fictional portrayals: list of comics creators appearing in comics. Stanley, not comics. No, we're talking about movies. <laughs> Okay, list of cameo appearances by Stanley. Uh, um, these are getting into some. Oh man, he was in so much. Like just <laughs> so many. Yes, starting with the trial of the Incredible Hulk and moving forward and skipping the Wolverine movies. Somehow. <laughs> no, that he really does not like Wolverine. Did not, oh, apparently. Wow. Really? Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Or at least did not like how the character had evolved in the, in the series once he hit super popularity um, threshold. Hmm. So... Music video appearances, video game appearances. Okay, uh, you guys, we, we should probably talk about something else. Yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, there, after that Teen Titans go to the movies movie, there was a, they made a straight-to-home video movie that's uh, Teen Titans Go versus the old Teen Titans. Wow. Yes, I, and I thought that the last that the last cinema movie was meta enough as it was. Yeah, it was. This is more so, and uh, is gets pretty ridiculous. But 
I enjoyed the hell yeah, it's of it. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, well, they summon uh, teen, teen Titans from many different universes, which includes uh, Mermaid Teen Titans, which do nothing but flop on the ground after they, they bring them there. They well, somebody was watching Spider-Verse a few too many times and thought we should copy this. Maybe? I don't know how long it was in production, but yes, maybe. Um, but it's, yeah, it's pretty damn funny. But yes, as it turns out, all Teen Titans related media is pretty darn good. So I highly recommend it. Uh, I just read what appears to be his last posthumous, uh, his last posthumous appearance. Mm hmm. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Seriously? Seriously. <laughs> taken from archival footage of him and Kevin Smith appearing at Comic-Con. It's a little uh, ghoulish. I guess that counts. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, in conclusion, Wheels has played no video games and watched some TV. <laughs> no, I have played. I have played the video games. I've played lots of Dead Cells randomly. So I had some good runs. Okay, and you, nowhere. you witnessed me play some Dark Souls three yesterday. Yes, yes, I did. And I actually made progress. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked too, but. And yet here we are. Yes. And we all just got owned. Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. So, we should get to a question or two. Sure, why not? Okay. So, Budai is asking, when do you consider something a remaster versus a remake? And, Budai, I have to say that many years ago, I actually came up with a, like a five or six stage spectrum of this just to fit everything oh, in oh. properly. <laughs> Starting with something very simple like Final Fantasy Adventure on Switch. That is a port. Yep. Yep, straight up port. Um, best example I can think of. However, for example, Final Fantasy Adventure on mobile phones or on iPhone. Remake. Was, that was a remaster because those had much better graphics. Uh, that's true. That was a remaster. Yep. And then uh, Sword of Mana, also Final Fantasy Adventure, oddly enough, is a remake. That game has um, somehow been re-released in a lot more forms yeah. than I think anyone's cared to keep track of. Yeah. In fact, um, in fact, there are so many different ways to write remakes that I had to put in different stages. So Sword of Mana would be a stage two remake, where they not only upgraded all the graphics and fixed the battle system, they also added extra mechanics and random things. Actually, a lot of random things. So maybe stage three. Um, but yeah, and then my gold standard on the far end is something like Romancing Saga or the two Saga DS games where you, if you put screenshots of the original and the remake next to each other, you would not be able to tell they were the same game. Hmm. And this is very good. This is very good. <laughs> yes. Your ball. Here's your ball. Okay, let's sit. Sit with Daddy. Okay. And then for the seventh stage of Oh God Why, we have Lufia. <laughs> Which is just in a different genre. Oh, uh, 
which is also like almost unrecognizable, but not in a good way. Because at least the others took all the stuff that was still good about the original games and then ran with it. Lufia did not. So I can kind of see where Aspolis slash Curse of the Sinistrals came from. Bit of a shame how it ended. Yeah. Now we all know the second game was the best of the entire series of five or six. Um, I don't think people even care to count how many came after the second. At some point, it just became, "Oh, please stop." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think the DS remake was actually the fifth game in the series. Uh, it was. Let's see. There's. There was a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Neither of them very good. I actually tried one of them. It's that cancelled PS1 game that never happened. Ah, uh, yeah, but that one doesn't count because it never happened. Yeah, I just like to bring it up because it's very funny to me. But yeah. So, like, okay, let's let's go through the stages here. Stage 1 remake, Final Fantasy IV DS. Major graphical makeover, lots of under-the-hood um, alterations, and at least one or two new systems added. Mm. So stage two, more like Sword of Mana, where there are some ex- extremely interesting alterations made, mostly to keep it matched up with the the uh, later games of the series. And then stage three would probably be like Saga 2, where it is really is the same game, it's just they added a bone, um, like they deepened the battle mechanics a bit and added some subquests. Mm. And then after that we have Romancing Saga, where this is the game the developers really wanted to make the first time around, but hey, that was 1991, I think. Uh, and then, um, it's, and like, Eden at this point, maybe uh, Metal Max 2 Reloaded, just because it got a major battle system upgrade and a lot of extra little alterations made that really changed how you played it at times. Changed the battle strategies a lot. And then, um, again, going up Saga 3, because any time where the developers in an interview state that they began the project with the question of, what can we get away with changing? (laughs) Actual quote here. Um, Actually, the quote was, well, when we did Saga 2, we went into it with um, with the idea of, what can we, what can we keep the same? And when we started Saga 3, the idea was, what can we change? (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that's and that, that's the high end of the good remake spectrum and then beyond that you just have the why did you do this um, region like wild which arms which I'm sure we can think of others wild what? arms yeah wild arms Espelus um, uh, any other the weirdest thing about Alter Code F is that, for the most part, it isn't changed that much. It's just, it's just worse in every way. Yeah. 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 So it's like the the entire bad section is existing on a kind of a parallel spectrum here. But yeah, what um, was something of really awful remake? Do we have any good ones? Hmm. Probably none that I've actually played, but you never know. Um, yeah. Well, what do you guys think? 
Uh, I tend to sort of play it by ear. I mean, like, does it feel like a different game than it's a remake? Does it feel like it's a slightly upgraded version of a prior version? Then it's just a remaster. <laughs> I, I admit to putting far too much thought into this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I just, you're not wrong, no? Yeah, yeah, I just. So I think I may have spurred side. on by some letters from Jooms to Japan Demonium back in the day. That's yeah. fair. The more things change. Let's see. Can look at uh, the next question then, unless Wales has an opinion here. No, I agree with all that. I don't have uh, Victor asks, "How long will it be before the 3DS? E how long do you think it will be before the 3DS eShop shuts down and all its digital-only games go the way of WiiWare?" I'm focusing on a 3DS digital RPG backlog out of impending dread. Uh, I mean, that's a really open question. I mean, the last game actually released for the 3DS was last May. Yeah. So, yeah. If it's like the Wii, it could be here for another few years, but I mean... I mean, uh, it doesn't affect me too much because all the games I actually... I mean, I never got a lot of games off of it to begin with, and the ones I do have, I never deleted off the, off my uh, my 3DS. Yeah, and like, if, you, if you're too con particularly concerned about it at this point, I'd be looking into investing in a large SD card and just downloading all the games you want. Yeah, and one of the games I was actually interested I mean, of the games I remember being interested in looking at, I think one of them is actually available on Steam now, and the other one hasn't been available since 2017. I kind of missed getting that one. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. No, I was just kind of curious because it was called Shin um, Shinjuku Dungeon, mm. and somebody had made a dungeon RPG using the floor plan of Shinjuku Subway and Train Station in Tokyo. Huh. Because it is apparently really complicated um, when you get into all the the department stores and other things connected into it. And he just turned it into a dungeon RPG. Yeah, really, it was interesting. But yeah, I, I, I completely forgot to look into it until like a year and a half after it was removed from the eShop. So, mm. darn it. But yeah, like, it, yeah, one of those, uh, this could go a number of ways. I don't know, like, the the ability to play Wii games online went away a long time before the ability to buy games on the Wii eShop did. Uh, because, like, Nintendo handles the shop internally, whereas the online servers were contracted out to another company. Uh, but I think, like, the Wii U eShop is still running, and I figure that that's going to die long before the 3DS one does. Yeah, that's still up, and there's been no mention of it going down. Okay, hold you. As far as I'm aware. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good sign right there, is it's going to be around for a while. Yeah, because, I mean, there's there has not been a reason to open that shop in years, but you still can. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean, unless it costs them a lot to host it, or it just gets to the point where this is not producing any revenue whatsoever, I don't think there's any, like, 
impending closure coming. Yeah, I suspect that there will probably be at least a few years. Yeah. It's also worth notice- noting that they gave a lot of notice when the Wii shop went down. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't buy currency on the Wii shop for a year before it actually shut down. Yep. So... You'll have plenty of time, even in that state, to download things that are not currently on your 3DS, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I would suspect you've probably got at least three, four more years. Let's see. Especially because they still tend to offer discount codes. Um, moving on. Uh, Budai asks, what RPG series do you think of when you hear the term super polished? Zelda. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, okay, I'm looking at thinking of series, other series. Most of them have had their ups and downs. I mean, if we if we say saga, we're just all going to keep laughing for a while because yeah, that would be a flagrant lie. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, well, again, what was Kawazu's quote on Scarlet Grace when somebody knocked him for releasing a better version on Switch later? He's like, "You publish the game that you have when it's ready to publish." Something like that. It was basically, I don't think I've ever released a finished game. That too, yes. <laughs> Like it was basically like if you're if you're complaining that I should that you know I finished the game and re-released it. It's like no, ambition isn't finished either. There's no such thing as a finished game. There's a game that's released. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, granted, I mean, a lot of his games do have a certain je ne sais quoi to them. It may not be a good one, but um, it's an unmistakable one. Yes. So I mean. If we if we include polished at to include polished turds, then uh, a limited saga would also work there. Okay. But I'm trying to think of like polished. I, I guess uh, polished. I would think of like I often associate polished with games that aren't ambitious on a game to game basis. So I feel like a lot of tales games fit here. I like a lot of them, but a lot of them are very. Polished is the way I would describe them. Polished turds. Wow, rude. It's true. <laughs> true. Um, I mean, the the developers for the Tale series know what they're aiming for with the gameplay. The plot, not always, but the gameplay, yes. Yeah, it's like you can get ones that like game to game will have like lesser characters or plot or like might feel a little less cohesive but at the same time you'll never get one that feels like broken outside of like tales of graces on Wii, which we didn't get here so it's fine well technically technically tales of the tempest and tales of innocence those are both third party development yeah and, and in the also, case of tales of innocence even though the the third party did have tales experience it was with the 2d action version not the 3d one and you could tell that they had not quite figured it out yet so. Yeah, whereas, like, Tales of Graces on the Wii in its original version apparently just sort of collapses in on itself like a dying star if you try to use New Game Plus. <laughs> Sounds about right. Wow. 
Like it just breaks apparently. Like Yeah, it was it was apparently it's shame, shame. That that is an actual case of you released this too early, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like those are those are the ones that come to mind. Since, like, wh- when you're looking for polish, you, you usually usually are looking for some kind. resumed so we want to talk about gust polish I guess yeah that's yeah. not interesting <laughs> uh, but yeah bas- uh, basically one of the strengths that gust has had with re- basically recycling internal mechanics is that they can get really good at it mm. yeah which is often the key to feeling polished known mechanics they also always yep. have good music, so that, there is that doesn't that. seem related. What's that? No, but it really that helps. doesn't seem related. It is polished music. Yeah, it is because it gives, it makes the games feel like bigger and better than maybe they actually are. I, I think music. Yeah, can, I mean seriously, you still have to play through the Dust trilogy. That series has some really good musical direction. Yep, I got the first one downloaded on my Switch, and hopefully I can start that soon. Yeah. Looking so, just remember, um, I'm, I'm not sure how they came up with this decision, but for those three games, they basically hired the like the brightest stars on the Japanese indie music scene and asked them to just make stuff. <laughs> Which is why it seems like none of the songs on the soundtrack have the same artists, and they are all really interesting in completely different ways. Interesting. Yeah. Like, um, Atelier Asha has the chillest boss, final boss battle theme you will have ever heard. Sweet. Yeah. So just Google um, Atelier Asha Maria. That's the title of the song, and just mm. listen. Yeah. I mean, it works with some of the main, uh, the main musical themes for various parts of the game, but it's... Um, it's basically a four chord power ballad. Hmm. Yep. So. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, the Mysterious Trilogy is where the, the company dropped the ball on a lot of things. So, including music. That's a shame. Yeah. Yep. So, I think there was only like two tracks on the Atelier Sophie's soundtrack that I really liked, and as opposed to two tracks on the entire Dusk trilogy that I didn't like. So, it's like, okay, yeah. Hopefully the new trilogy is much better. Yes. Rise is really good so far. I played a little bit of it, and the battle system especially was fresh. It's different, isn't it? Yes, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yep. But I'm yep. gonna put I, that put I, putting that one aside, and I'm gonna play the Dust Trilogy. 
Yeah. So the Dusk Trilogy has long. a completely different really good battle system. Mm. So. And then, again, the Mysterious Trilogy kind of forgot that it had a battle system for a while. Um, <laughs> I mean, it has, it just kind of, it's regressed heavily. Okay. Um, next question. Okay, just a moment. Uh, I got it up. Oh, you do? For yep. once. Yes. Saitan85 on Discord asked, first RPGs you can remember that had town building. Dragon Quest Three. That's a pretty early one. Yep. So first... if you had a merchant available as a party member, then you could put them in charge of the township on the east coast of what is technically not the North American continent, supposedly, because <laughs> it's fantasy world. Legally different. And, yeah, and he could run it for you. I mean, it's not really as in-depth as you would think when you think town building these days, but still it existed. Um, let's see, Breath of Fire 2. You could find uh, people to recruit for your town. Yeah. Uh... Then you could turn the town into a floating, floating airship by accident. So, that's different. I guess ActRaiser, kind of. <laughs> ActRaiser, yeah, that was kind of the theme of ActRaiser, wasn't it? You got your town and your... Yeah, you're trying to build up towns. Yeah. Uh, first one I actually would have played, like I didn't really play Breath of Fire, I didn't have Dragon Quest, so the first one I would have played is actually uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Dark Cloud 1. Mm -hmm. That was a video game. Was <laughs> not, that was not a good video game. It was not. I'm glad. Okay, first I good question: What was the first game that you thought did it well as an RPG? Well, to be fair, the town building was the part of Dark Cloud that I enjoyed. The dungeon crawl was the slog I went through. <laughs> <laughs> so. Like, among its constituent parts, that's the part that I thought it did well. But... Yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, that part was fun. Which Dark, which dark Souls is this? Two. Oh. The best one. Oh, not even close. Um, the best one. Not even... Barely in the top three. There's only three of them! <laughs> yes, that's and it the is, joke. And it is number one! <laughs> like I said, barely in the top three. Terrible. <laughs> Wait a minute, if we count Bloodborne... We don't. And... I mean, if we counted Bloodborne, it's not in the top three. But also, if we counted Bloodborne, we would also be counting, like, Sekiro, which would push it into, like, five out of three. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah um, yeah like I, I feel like town building is one of those things that has shown up in a few games I've played and I usually want it to be quite simple because once it gets complicated it becomes like the point of the game yeah like it becomes the game and the RPG becomes kind of the secondary thing Is that a game or is that actually happening? The 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 there are there are cop cars going by. Uh, 
Don't worry. They're D- not from Dave is under arrest. Uh, Listen, now, you don't control the dark that souls. Now, that <laughs> Listen, all that matters is three is barely in the top three. That's all I'm saying. No, no, no. Three is number two. Mm. One is number one. Mm. This is starting to sound like the old David Letterman show top ten, top ten list numbers. <laughs> Listen, I just, I just don't think seven is a very good number. Well, one is the loneliest number. It's true. One is Listen, I may or may not have started Dark Souls two as a duelist and then found out that dual wielding in Dark Souls 2 sucks really bad. So. Ah, yeah. Let's see. Okay, well, different Budai question here. Fair. What what comes to mind when you think of the PS3's user interface? <laughs> well, Excuse me. I think a few weeks ago when one of my coworkers was attempting to use her Sony DVD player in class and was having massive issues with it, I was thinking, that looks exactly like the PlayStation 3 de- um, inter- menu interface. The cross-media bar infected a lot of Sony products for a while there. Yep, and um, for various reasons, she kept accidentally choosing the wrong thing that had been previously saved to the thing's hard drive instead of the DVD she was trying to play. Oops. These students were much amused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... I've certainly had worse interfaces, but I'm not at all nostalgic for having had to deal with the cross-media bar. I mean, I think the PS4's interface is worse. Sorry. I mean, yeah, but like, I thankfully have not inter. I've not actually used that one, so it's pretty yeah. bad. It's much more visual-based, but like, makes a lot of really bad use of screen real estate. Yeah, it's very, and it's also just slower. It's very mm. disorganized. It's disorganized, it's slow, it's... Ugh. Not great, not great. So cross-media bar, at least you're better than that. Remember when they... Uh, I, I've ranted about this many times before, and I'm going to rant about it again. Remember when they uh, changed the PS3's store interface to reflect the ps 4 store interface and made the PS3 store completely unusable? Yeah, it's... Oh, God. Ugh. Like, I don't even have words for how long it takes for everything to load on that and how badly that store runs. Yes. This is why whenever a game that's exclusive to the PS3 comes out for literally anything else, I sell my PS3 copy and buy the new version. Because I want to get rid of that piece of crap. (laughs) Uh, Well, some things will never die. I still use it sometimes to play PS1 games, so I mean, I'm kind of stuck with it for now. You gotta protect that thing. Those disk drives are not the greatest things in the world. Yeah, I have I have mine hacked for that very reason, so I don't have to actually use the disk drive. That's wise. Man, one day I would like to go about doing that, but today is not that day. Okay. But yeah, so cross media bar, mostly bad memories. Uh I I do think it's funny that the cross-media bar, I don't know in what official or non-official capacity it's being used, but it's the basis for the uh, visual interface of the RetroArch uh, emulation thing? Project, I guess? 
so, I mean, it's it's there if you ever feel nostalgic and want to play some games on just about every system available after fussing with an emulation solution for at least five hours. Mm-hmm. Meh. Yeah, I, I don't like using RetroArch in case it wasn't obvious. It's, uh... It's not good. It's it's not bad. Like, it's good at what it does. It's just incredibly fiddly. Yeah. Which I suppose is a, an aspect of not being good. Uh, let's see. Budai, moving on, asks, How do you balance dying never versus too much in a game? Recently in Last Remnant... Uh, winning didn't feel like an accomplishment. It felt like I finally lucked into the fight, working my way. Uh, well, well, the best the best way is to make dying an actual mechanic in the game, like the Souls series. Yeah, although like for Souls, it's as much a trick of the marketing, where the marketing told you you're going to die constantly, so anytime you don't die, you feel accomplished. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, or like a game like Baroque, where sometimes dying is actually how you proceed. Mm. Yeah. Sekiro does something cute with that in one section, where, like, you're trying to get hold of an item that, like, you like the person guarding it is like, you can go ahead and take it. It just kills whoever tries to grab it. And then, like, you grab it and it kills you. But since... The whole gimmick is that you're getting back up after dying. You get back up and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I guess that would work as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, or Shin Megami Tensei If, the proto-persona. Oh, that one's um, mean. <laughs> yeah, it, it was mean in many ways, but it also, um, well, I mean, your your characters, or your heroes and your um, partner's persona only, revi- um, only switch after you die. Yeah, and like what they come back as depends upon how long it's been since you died. There's some pretty, pretty it, much to do it, with that. There's um on the status screen you can find a kind of a charging bar yeah. that shows um, that goes up every time you go through a battle and not die. And once yeah. it gets over a certain percentage of the bar, then when you die the next time, um, you will come back with a better persona. Yeah. If you die too soon afterwards, you get downgraded. Yeah, which is mean. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's perfectly possible to backtrack to an easier area as well. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, personally, I think this is a good example of a game where they know you're going to die pretty often, and they have found ways of encouraging you to take advantage of it in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Which is about what he was asking for in that question. Fair so. enough, fair enough. I think there's ways to do that that are less punitive feeling, but I do think it's on the right track. I mean, I mean, it's not completely punitive because it is there is a bonus involved if you last long enough. Yeah, it's just like those old Shin Megami Tensei games are kind of hard to begin with. Yeah. So. Or um, oh, what's another one? Thinking, 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 thinking. Oh. Well, um. In, in the section that got completely cut off because of program crashing when we were discussing polished Gust games, um, mentioned Atelier Lees, mm-hmm. which, I um, mean, completely ignoring all the awful things that happened with that game's battle system, um, it, did introdu- it did help introduce something where um, whenever a character is knocked out, they only get hit back to the um, back row, mm-hmm. and you can still possibly heal them as long as they don't get hit again. Mm. Mm. 
That's interesting. And I think that's something that the, some of the other DS games in the series did as well. Actually, mm-hmm. some of the PlayStation 2 games might have done it as well. I can't remember quite. Actually, no, no they didn't. It didn't. I, I've played too many of these. They're starting to blur. <laughs> Uh, I guess I would also like to the spirit of the original question about dying too much versus uh, not dying at uh, versus not dying at all. RPGs kind of have to, it, like at least RPGs with no action element, kind of have to err on the side of dying too little because otherwise, you kind like a lot of the audience does not like heavy randomized elements and that's what tends to kill you unless you're going specifically to some place that's out of your depth. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, so. now I'm remembering, I'm re- remembering the reason why in Dragon Quest you always lose half of your unbanked gold. Mm-hmm. Because Yuji Hori was a massive gambling addict. Yeah, which explains a lot about Dragon Quest, both in terms of how much it randomizes damage values and in how much it encourages you to go to the casino. Puff, <laughs> Yes. Does Eleven have a casino? Eleven has two casinos. Eleven has two casinos. Even better. Okay. Yeah, and one of the, one or both of them upgrades what's in them once you reach the post game. So. Nice. Well, I liked it in number seven where the casino was being used to illicitly funnel funds to the church, which turned out to be controlled by the devil. Yeah, there's uh, there's plot lines involving the casino in 11 as well. So. And in six, if I remember right. In six, the casino was actually being run by monsters in disguise. Yeah, I don't remember six because six honestly wasn't that memorable in general to me, but yeah. I mainly remember most of it. I mean, I, I did play through about half of it back in the old days in the emulation. But back in the uh, fan translation era. <laughs> yeah, but the main reason I remember any of the stories is because I also read the six-volume manga. That's fair. Which was really funny because I think uh, one of the towards the end you have to fight one more um, demon lord before getting yeah. to the final boss, and in the manga this is like half of a page where they just <laughs> were like they're like. Oh come on! You gotta be kidding us again. We're we're too tired of this crap. And then they just cut him in half and continue on. Oh, we also about to get uh, beaten to death by tiny pig things. Um, but yeah, uh, DQ. I'm trying to think about uh, DQ six. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, too too much about that one. Yeah, but as for the dying never part, um, I again let's go back to the Atelier games where you don't really have to ever die in those games, but that doesn't mean you succeed. Yeah, because success in that game is not success in those games is not gen or at least in the older games not based on defeating monsters. It's based on being able to make stuff. Yeah. So the battle becomes the supplemental portion the of the game. So. Which is why they're Meister games for the older ones. Yes. Well, you just very nearly attacked the person who helps you level up. Um, it's fine. It's totally fine. But uh, yeah. and and then of course we have roguelikes. Yeah, and I don't terribly like where, those either. Yeah, Monster. whereas. Where I have uh, 
actually read people's comments on things like NetHack saying that half the fun is seeing how they can get killed, get themselves killed this time. This time, I fell down a I fell down a staircase while holding a cockatrice. This time, I deleted NetHack because it sucks. Wow. <laughs> strong words. Strong words. We also have strong opinions. Coming from the man who loves the roguelikes. I do love roguelikes. I just don't like those ones. I don't like ones that are only in ASCII because they're annoying. They've got skins. Can't wait yeah, for real yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I, I oh. grew up playing a NetHack clone called Minds of Moria that was all in ASCII. Oh, I've heard of Minds of Moria. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. pretty good. It had a base town that you could go back to. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask. Uh, I figured you might have heard about this. Did they ever announce what that? Uh, did they ever clarify thus far what that Dino Diboken game is? Not yet. They apparently are finally localizing the Dragon Quest gotcha cell phone game. Mm. Well, you know, get ready for that. Yeah, I saw uh, people on Twitter excited for that. It's kind of scratched my head. Yeah, it's like, I don't care what you skin it with, I'm not going to play it. But Let's see, what else? Um... Well, another really random game news I've seen recently. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Famitsu Magazine. Yeah. So, um, it, invi- um, it invites readers to fill out a questionnaire every week, and just send it in, and they start, and they tally up, like, most wanted new games, mm-hmm. like, and also most wanted rookies. Uh, the rookies being games that aren't released yet. Mm. And so I was just looking through it the other day, and... Um, Apparently, there's this one game that's been sitting at the top of the rookies list for I'm not quite sure how long. It had hit almost 700 votes last week, or the previous mm-hmm. week, which was more than most other games on either list. Yeah. Um, sometimes combined. And it was also the only game on the list to have... I mean, for most of these games, they have a release date, they have a price point, they may even have some DLC information. Yeah. This one had a, this one had a console, a developer, and a name, and nothing else. Oh, no. Want to guess what it was? No, I've got no guesses. For Switch. Okay, that's what I figured. From level 5, Ushiro. Oh. Um, Again, mainly because back in... I had to track this down afterwards just to see what was up. Um, Apparently back in October 2018, um, uh, one of the gaming magazines did an interview with the president of level 5, and they asked him about if there were any um, anything that his company was really wanting to make on the Switch at any point, and he um, just he kind of mused on a couple options and included Ushiro specifically as an example. Yeah. That go back to it at some point, and it has been on the "Let's Get This Please" lists ever since. <laughs> yeah, for those for those who don't remember, Ushiro was originally announced as a PSP game and then canceled many years later. It was canceled uh, 10 or almost 12 years ago. Yeah, like, the fact that it came back at all is very strange. No, I mean, it was like, um, it was kind of um, the president's personal, like, list of, you know, it'd be really fun to go back to this project sometime. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I'm just keeping my eyes open to see if anything actually comes of this, because that would be really interesting. So... Considering it's um, the main character is actually a ghost, who in Je- fine Japanese ghost story tradition 
it's mostly hanging on to the back of a different character and having directing them to go around and help him solve mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting if that ever fully resurfaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, that and uh, Famitsu also had the 2019 top uh, ranking sales lists. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, the number one game outsold the numbers two, three, and four games combined. Oh, heavens. You can guess what number one was. Hmm. Pokemans? Pokemon Sword Shield, yes. Number two was Smash Brothers. Number three was Mario Maker 2. Number four was Kingdom Hearts 3. Huh. I mean, that one doesn't surprise me that much. Yeah. Pokemon Sword and Shield sold 2.7 plus million copies in Japan. Yeah. Wow. The others were hitting like up to 700,000 at most. Um, but yeah, all three, um, the next three combined were not as many as Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon's a juggernaut. Yes, it is. Which is why I'm surprised that people are still trying to um, trying to outdo it. Well, I mean, there's always room for more of them, but, I mean... But but also, like, the DS is littered with examples of series that they attempted to make in a Pokemon style and failed. Yeah, but that's Game never Boy stopped Color. anyone. Game Boy Color, at Game Boy Advance, and DS are littered with it. I've played many of these. I'm just thinking of the, the Simpsons episode joke where, like, Homer is trying to eat potato chips and a dog just jumps in and eats every single one that comes out of his hand by the last time he's like but this time (laughs) (laughs) and that's basically that's everyone developing a Pokemon clone uh, that's everyone attempting to um, create a massive multiplayer online RPG like Warcraft also that yeah it's a very versatile uh image just in general this time well I, I did hear that apparently there's a new one called Temtem out there oh yeah 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 that's supposed to be looking pretty good yeah and it I already don't... has at least one massively overreactive um, hate video because it allows the player to choose pronouns as well as gender oh, yeah yeah geez. no I saw that and I was like oh it took them like that, that was a switch that took like two days because like the first, uh, the first thing I heard about it was like they'll show that Game Freak are just lazy, and then that happened, and there's so much crossover in that audience that it was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to go burn a human effigy, whales. Um, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's see how awful humanity can be again. Hey. Let's get really gen. Let's gen up some real resentment here. Let's do it. I'm, I'm really wishing that. Really wishing that these people could have Metal Max 4 in English and then hit the New Game Plus and realize that you can choose to have a different, uh, apparently different main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, same character, but just a different thing. And yep. that you can choose transgender options. Well, that's neat. Nice. Technically, yes. Which the main effect this has is whether or not your machismo score is a benefit or a negative to you. <laughs> 
That's like, uh, oh man, I really like weird stats in games. That's why, yeah. no matter how dumb it was, I would always like pump the mustache stat in the Mario and Luigi games. <laughs> well, um, starting with Metal Saga: Season of Steel, all of the handheld, um, actually, and I think not counting Xeno, um, all of the handheld Metal Maxes had a machismo stat. Nice. Specifically to make use of all of these dummy items that have been included in the game since the beginning. Things like fake tattoos and lipstick and makeup. Mm -hmm. Just for the hell of it. Fake eyelashes. Um, And so different items could either raise or lower your machismo stat as well as certain clothing having like plus 90 or negative 90, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, the men and women, male and female characters had different like mostly joke attacks if you got your machismo up high enough to do the manly punch properly, it could do some damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and one or two, um, one or two subquests that were actually affected by it. Mm-hmm. That makes well, sense. Most of just a silly joke. Yeah, it can be fun to have stats that you course, only have to engage with as much as you want. Yeah, <laughs> of course. In the Metal Max Two Reloaded um, remade version of the uh, the um, Ninja, and see the Ninja Amazon Esthetician Clone Army scenario. Mm. Um, uh, the the Bordello bit was remade so that you basically had, uh, in order to get it to work, you had to have one character with over one hundred machismo walk through the door and get pounced on by these ladies <laughs> because they were literally um, they were attempting to find the most the highest machismo guys that they could find. And literally drained them of machismo hmm. to use as an ingredient in their cloning process to continue their army. And we wonder why these games didn't pass any uh, hmm. boards. Or... <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. Yep. And yes, once the character was released from the bordello, he was permanently drained of a certain amount of machismo points. Wow. Yes. Permanent stat debuffs. Hardcore. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, if you invested the place afterwards, you could find an item that would um, permanently up your machismo by about the amount lost, so it wasn't a... You could get it back. Wheels, this is just going swimmingly for Wheels. Dear listeners, I'm sorry if you're not seeing this, because... uh, Man, that must be something they added for Scar- the Scholar of the First Sin. Yeah. I don't remember those being there at the yeah. time. No, Dark Souls 2 is not forgiving in the early stages. and gets easier as you go along. It's just and a weird... Build you up to your a, character. Just a weird style. Uh, but yeah, no, like, he just got his head eaten by a large, pale man. Monster? That was an ogre, man, and ogres have layers. We're not Shrekking here. Um, <laughs> well, every day, I, Shrek every, you. <laughs> every day I have to go down past like a freaking piece. Like someone has just graffitied the Shrek logo onto a <laughs> random wall that I walk past every day. And it's just like what? Why? What the, what the Shrek? <laughs> we also joke doesn't work if they already made that joke. All right, fine. Just get Shreked, man. I'm just saying, like they made a they made a children's like special called Scared Shrekless, so they've already done the joke. 
Uh, this is bad. I don't, I'm moving on. Canceling this conversation, we're moving on. Uh, can you think of any <laughs> underbaked features in RPGs where they make you learn something but never really commit to having that system in that game fully or use it in ways that don't seem fulfilling? Uh, probably a few, but they often kind of slip into the background because they're systems you don't have to engage with. Um, very often a crafting system might be kind of unnecessary. Yeah, like, yeah. if you're, if like, you're not um, an Adelier game, the crafting system is probably bad. <laughs> I mean, like, Romancing Saga's crafting system was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Legend of Mana, it was so, I mean... It's very it complicated. Had a, like a 50,000-word manual online. I remember the crafting system in Star Ocean Till the End of Time is grotesquely complicated for something that honestly like you can you can min max to make it useful but if you're trying to engage with it in a normal fashion it's just not that useful <laughs> so i remember several tales games where i never found out what anybody's favorite foods were because i never used the cooking yeah some of them have decent useful cooking but for the most part like cooking mostly isn't that useful unless you're trying to get someone's title and how useful titles are very heavily from game to game yeah so um by the way star ocean blue sphere actually did pretty well with most of the crafting mainly because it turned it all into mini games yeah i think the only one where they're properly mini games rather than just weird uh, Roll. Yeah, trying right. to think of non-crafting variants of this. Hmm? E- even divination was a mini game where you were basically like moving a bucket around the bottom of the screen, trying to catch the mystic symbols. <laughs> I'm going for Lurk. Uh So, hopefully, they they'll eventually bring that game back onto. Like, a yeah, how about you? Yeah, just put that on, like, put that and Second Evolution on Switch and then sort of forget about the rest of them. Yeah. Five you can do, if you feel like that. I was going to say, I thought you liked Five. Yeah, Five is pretty good, but it's like, it's one of those, like, it's not an all-time great, I just enjoy it. (laughs) Right. Let's see. Um, What, you don't want to play Three again? No, no, I can't. I I can't even make that joke. That game is so... You you own it again. No, 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 no. I bought four, not three. Let's be clear. That really doesn't strengthen your case very much. Four has a better battle system. That's true. It doesn't have a great battle system. It's better. <laughs> you can't die from running out of MP in four. Uh, Oddly enough, that's something they did in two of the Atelier games. Huh. Where you could... Um, but since you, your characters usually had a lot more MP than the enemy did, and your main character, ha- or at least two characters, had MP sniping spells. Yeah, like, that was the thing in Star Ocean 3, is to get any, like, you typically, enemies typically did have way less MP than they had HP, but you had to dig deep, deep into the systems in order to be able to actually do MP damage, so it was mostly, like, and en- a lot of enemies just had MP damage, whereas like you would have to 
look deep into how to customize skills to get MP damage on your attacks, which is one of the many reasons that I'm not a fan of that system in Star Ocean 3. Speaking yeah. of systems that are not uh, fully thought out or well implemented. Uh, Sounds like they should have taken a note from Atelier Judy and Atelier Violet then. Because oh, those yeah. two games made uh, MP, direct MP damage available from the start. and um, But it also did things like construct-type enemies didn't have MP. Mm. Um, actually, it had hit points, and magic points, and uh, body po- or BP, blood point, mm. or I can't remember what it was, what it was some, supposed to be. Some kind of other point. Yeah, and so most living things had all three. Ghosts only had MP. Constructs had... HP and BP, but no MP. And slimes had HP and MP, but no BP. Mm. And so different attacks could attack could hit different types of points. Like that feels like less of an afterthought than oh, then sometimes your wizards will just die because they cast themselves out of health. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Pamela first appeared in Judy and reprised her role in Violet, and she's a ghost. Ah, <laughs> and so her basic physical or her basic attack hits MP. Mm. Of course, and MP attacks hit her only. MP attacks hit her. Mm. So she was a little MVP for a while. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like. Like, a lot of these end up feeling pretty vestigial, so it's easy to forget that they exist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, oh, what's a good example, then? Uh, Any card game? Oh, man. Remember, ter- uh, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be nice to FF8 briefly and say, hey, remember Tetramaster from FF9? <laughs> yeah, I do. The, the best card in the game was the little frog card with nine or, with eight arrows because you could just combo straight off of it and attack everything at once. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can get anything from doing Tetramaster. Like it's just sort of there. I, I think you can win stuff in tournaments, maybe. There is yeah. one tournament you have to participate in. You don't have to win a single match. <laughs> yeah, I, I want them all just to do it anyway. Yeah, no, it's just one of those later, things where it's like you don't on, have to interface back, with the system in any fashion. But, I mean, later on you can go back to Lindblom and get it. Um, and get stuff by playing yeah. It's easy to forget because, like, FF9 has a lot of very obscure ways to get strange items, like the Stelazio coins. I was thinking the jump rope game that's only available at one point at the very beginning. You gotta beat Hippol. Oh no, wait, that's the that's the the race that Vivi yeah. has with Hippol. But yeah, that, oh, that jump rope winning game. I think you have to get like a hundred jumps to get the last item from that. Good luck. For something that's only available in that one little prologue section. Yeah, nine has a lot of stuff that's just like, hey, hope you, uh, hope you looked for this right in the one brief window that it's open because it's not coming back. Yeah, that game was just a treasure trove of random stuff hidden behind stuff. Yeah, which made it hurt a lot more that its uh, official English guide was completely useless. Mm-hmm. 
If you want to know why that guide was useless, go to playonline.com and put in the uh, code. Uh, good useless. times. That was not good times, and you know it. Yeah, it was terrible. Not recommended. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say Gwent has kind of ruined ruined me for like card other games, card games. Yeah. It's way, way better than uh, the vast majority of them are. They actually turned it into a proper game. Yep. Let's see. So, let's uh, probably hit this last question from Strawberry Eggs. I think we have uh, more on Discord, too. Oh, we'll have to check that then. But let's hit this one first. Uh, recently, Bandai Namco has changed its division of Tales games. Rather than Mothership and Escort titles, man, I still can't believe they used those. That's my editorializing. Uh, and apparently mobile games were their own things. That, the games will now be divided into original and crossover. This makes the division less arbitrary, and personally I like that it makes uh, Tales of Symphonia, Dawn of the New World, a part of the main series rather than existing in the superposition of being both a direct sequel and a spinoff at the same time. Why do you think Bamco made this change? Are they... Uh, finally over being embarrassed by Tales of the Tempest. I think they did it in part because they don't release enough spinoffs to justify a special designation other than crossover games. Well, like, that, a... that and just the number of games that they have is so high. Um, even though they're not all spinoffs, uh, I mean, you've got the mobiles, you've got the crossovers, you've got the uh, sequels, the prequels, the we're not quite sure how they're connected and other things. And it's just kind of a mess to keep track of. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the, the as, as Strawberry Eggs mentioned, the escort to Mothership Division was always kind of one that seemed as much about internal budget as it did anything else. But, like, I would imagine, yeah, like, I, I still am very amused to joke that, like, they created the designation of escort title just so that Tales of the Tempest wouldn't be a main game anymore. I'm not sure if that was their actual actual reasoning, although I'm sure it played into it in some sense. Oh, man. Uh, but, that, that, like I said on Discord, Tales of the Tempest, so many interesting ideas and so little idea of how, actually how to use them. Yeah. <laughs> and also so short and so little budget. But uh, yeah. Oh, that was my other thing. Is like, okay, if I had to come up with a way of improving this game, first of all it would be to make it the first quarter of its actual game. Yeah, because I mean, I remember reading one of the major complaints about it was that oh, the main character never grows up or anything. I'm like, of course not. It's been like literally less than two weeks between the start of the game and the end of the game in <laughs> real time. The game is like ten hours long. It is not. Yeah. It does not have time to tell a long story. Yeah, I mean, so if I were to do a remake of that game, first of all, obviously we would be changing the battle system because that's the first thing that always changes with a Tales remake. You upgrade the battle system to whatever is the most recent. And that would only be a plus. Mm -hmm. But the second thing would be to just keep expanding because it's even stated in the game that the monsters that are hitting your home are hitting a different continent as well. And we never see that continent. Mm -hmm. So yeah. th there is certainly space to expand and much reason to do so. Also, I like how Wheels is doing worse at Dark Souls 2 than he was at Dark Souls 3. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm, like, I, I think the, the broader point of this is just that, like, 
the things that used to be to fill up the sort of escort title space don't exist anymore outside of like mobile games and crossovers, which I think most of the mobile games are crossovers. Um, pretty much they're all some sort of like gotcha crossover thing. Yeah, they, so like they've got original characters, but so did the Narikiri Dungeon games. Yeah, and those would definitely be considered crossover games as well. Oh, there like, were certain crossover games. There were wonderful crossover games. Yeah. Whereas, like, like at the time that they created that designation system, they made games that were, like, considered to be, like, well, they're not, like, just for crossovers, but they are considered, like, lower budget, lesser, whatever. Uh, and so I think that it it's much represents how they view the franchise as a whole, where it's, like, it now exists only, essentially, in the large-scale uh, mainline games like Tales of Arise or the uh, smaller-scale like mobile games that are essentially all crossover. So I, I think it represents more an understanding of what their strategy is going to be going forward. Also, Wheels has given up on that prior character build and is starting a new. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Two swords. Useless in Dark Souls 2. Um, yep. Confirmed. <laughs> apparently there are ways to make that build work, but it mostly revolves around going pure strength build and using two gigantic clubs. Uh, yeah, not fun. Um, but, yeah, like... I, th I think that it's as, it's as much a reflection of like the idea of how Namco view, views the franchise, and that at this point they don't make those sort of titles that are in between a mainline game and a smaller like here's a fan service game, which on one level is a little sad. Uh, but I mean, kind of just the way of all game development at this stage. I'm checking the Discord. Okay. Discord. Platium had a couple of them appear. Yeah. Uh, but he was mentioning some... Let's look at Doomerang. How important will backwards compatibility be for your next console generation? And hooking on to that, do you see if... Do you foresee a decade plus of consoles playing Nintendo Switch physical games? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about this, and I mean, it's like I don't really foresee Nintendo shrinking the size of the cartridges down any more than they already are, mm. because shrinking them further would make them less practical. <laughs> I mean, this is literally diminishing returns here. Um, ha ha! Nice joke. Um, so. Yeah, I um, mean, as long as they keep the cartridges the same physical dimensions, no matter how much better they get get at holding stuff in them, then there's no real reason why they can't keep making like upgraded platforms that still can fit the same um, cartridge. So, I mean, the other, I mean, that's that's part of the reason why Game Boy Color cartridges are the exact same size as Game Boy cartridges, and why Game Boy Advance cartridges have the same width uh, on the um, the interfaces. The yeah, first they're one. as wide as Game Boy cartridges, even if they... Yeah. Specifically so that the Game Boy cartridges could still fit in the Game Boy Advance slots. Yeah. 
I think, I think the only reason the only reason why the DS couldn't play Game Boy cartridges was actually as much a software as a hardware issue. Mm-hmm. So it was though there was definitely a hardware issue involved. Yeah, and it's probably fairly complicated for that one, but I think. Uh... But I mean, but we're in, up to the point where a lot of the connectivity issues are going to be software related. Yeah, and I mean that's that's often been the case. It's why your PS4 doesn't play PS2 or PS3 games. But yeah. I think we're kind of moving away from a period where this is going to be a major question because all three console manufacturers seem kind of interested in the idea of like big hardware launches are expensive, and you know what's a lot what helps defray that cost is by trying to essentially make an upgrade cycle like a phone. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you see that, like, Microsoft has been the most open about that because, like, the Xbox Series X, and, like, they've committed that their Series X games will all be, for like, forward compatible. Like, you will be able to play those on the base Xbox One for at least the next few years. So, like, I, I think... The thought process, is, and like you've seen this in companies like uh, even Sony, like they, uh, you know, there's, was this, I'm not sure if this was confirmed or just like, uh, just uh, put forward by sources that I would trust to the hilt, but Horizon Zero Dawn apparently coming to PC. Uh, let's see. Uh, apparently, this is technically rumor at this point, but I mean, the one of the people who reported it, Jason Schreier of Kotaku, is one of the people that I would most trust to never put to never publish just a rumor without confirming it. So, mm. but basically, like companies generally, they want to sell, find ways to get you into their ecosystem and sell you games. Any time that they sell you something. Uh, anytime they sell you a game uh, and they can't anytime they sell you a new platform and your old games aren't coming with it is a chance for you to leave their ecosystem and the fa- the strongest way to keep you in an ecosystem is to keep you to keep all your games compatible for as long a period as possible and I suspect that that's what uh, the what Nintendo Microsoft and Sony are all going to be trying to do in the forthcoming period because it's also much easier for them to do that now because none of them are using like these really arcane bespoke hardware designs anymore. You don't have cell processors and weird random other power PC offshoots. Yeah, you've got pretty standard. Yeah, you've got a you've got two that are using X eighty six sixty four standard CPUs. Uh and just straight up like here's a like frickin' Ryzen graphics card. And you've got Nintendo using, like, the sort of king of the mountain of the mobile chipset, the Tigra. So, like, and, you know, all of those, of course, as I've mentioned many times before, all of those have logical successors that they can sort of keep, uh, keep iterating on and keep you in that ecosystem. Like, your games aren't going anywhere. We can even like keep selling like we can even keep selling these older models for a few years as like the budget version and then like the higher end version gets its own games and eventually that compels users to 
uh, upgrade, and you know you sort of cycle the process. The you cycle them slowly over time rather than just all at once. Here's the new one. The old game, the old one can't play its games, and it might not be able to play the old one games. <laughs> and and you might and you could probably assume that Nintendo still remembers its Game Boy Advance launch where it started with the single largest library of games available at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was backwards compatible with everything its predecessors had. And you can bet that somebody's been trying to figure out a way of making that possible again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. As for how important it'll be for, like, the, the question, I guess, was uh, how important will it be for you, next generation? For me, I mean, it's pretty important. Like, that's I part of the reason that I am interested in the Series X is that it will play at least some of everything. Like it'll play Xbox games, it will play 360 games, it will play Xbone games, it'll play Series X games. Those are that is compelling to me as a consumer. I've seen rumors about like the PS5 playing PS1, 2, and 3 games. I don't put any store in them until I see mm. any sort of evidence for them. But. Like, I could totally see Sony having it in its document plans, and you'll be able to play PS1, 2, and 3 games, and then, like, air in, in like, big old quotes, via PS Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm like, and, and, you know, that immediately makes the value proposition incredibly lesser for me, personally. Same. But, uh... You know, like it's very important for them that PS4 games be playable, which they definitely, definitely will be. But yeah, like you know, starting starting from scratch, never fun. E- always the easiest time to just say like, well, what's this other console like? <laughs> and uh, for me personally, are you about to jump into the gutter? Nope. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, for me personally, you know, important, but I also keep all of my old consoles because I'm a horrendous pack rat. So, maybe... Let's see. Uh, oh, here's uh, here's something that maybe Wheels can say? Something too? Because I can't. Uh, this was also from Platyam. Piggybacking off a discussion on last week's show. What do you, who have played it, think of the Nino Kuni card game in the casino, Platoon? Does it, how does it rank with other card mini games in RPGs? Have not played speaking, it. Speaking <laughs> of the topic of subsystems that we forgot existed, <laughs> yeah, uh, I would have to actually dig up my copy of Nino Kuni again and go into it. Um, actually, is he talking about the DS game or the PlayStation Three game? Probably the PS Three game. Is I didn't I couldn't. Did the casino even exist in the PS3 game? Because I thought they took those islands out. It must have, because he just... I believe he just reviewed the Switch port of that, so I'd imagine okay, that's what he's talking about. Because the island of Rizzo wasn't in the PS3 version at all. I mean, physically was not there. Hmm. It was one of the islands they got deleted. Canonically deleted. One of them got blasted to pieces. Okay. Prior to the game starting. Um, so, hmm. So, um, answer being no, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us can actually speak to this. We also will have to report back, since yeah. he's the card game aficionado anyway. Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> so, but I mean, I I tend not to play the the extra card games that much anyway. I mean, I did play Tetramaster a lot, but I'm just kind of bored that summer. Um, <laughs> Funny how that works. But I mean, like, oh, what are some others I can think of? I, I rarely played any of the Metal Max uh, mini games, even though those are mostly like literally arcade machines that you could find in different spots. And um, what other are mini games I never played? Oh, oh, there are always a few. Um, yeah, I think Nino Kuni DS had a had a magic broomstick racing game. Hmm, it was kind of fun. Things like that. Yeah, and uh, of course, I never played the Pokemon casinos except enough to get whatever the best prize was that you needed. So. Let's all play Voltorb Flip. Yeah. <laughs> Voltorb Flip, that sounds terrible. No, it's a perfectly functional minigame. It wasn't amazing, it was fine. Well, it was a memory game, wasn't it? I don't think it was a memory game, I think it was like a lights out game, but I can't remember. Uh. Okay, looking at um, Voltorb Flip. New game in Hard Gold and Soul Silver. Uh, describes pre release as a mix, a cross between Picross and Minesweeper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's. Not a bad minigame. I mean, it, it was replacing frickin' slot machines. It was significantly better than what it was replacing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think any of us can speak to this particular minigame. I just mm-hmm. scrolled down past the rest. There are, we are out of questions, but we all did post some how gifts. So it's that. Yeah, what did I post? Like I'm just seeing like the freaking dog with sword in its mouth rocking out, and it's kind of disquieting. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. Is it? It's not. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that runs us out of questions. I guess it's time for me to go back to playing Fire Emblem. I have to start making headway in that before I get hold of uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Well, at some point I'm going to have to put down the sleeping baby. That seems important. Yes. Probably on my shoulder. Well. We should probably wrap this up then. Alright, send us questions to normal place and stuff. Um, God damn it. Uh, we'll prob- Dave and I will probably be streaming Dark Souls 3 again sometime this week. Yeah. Do you want to schedule that? I'll be on. <laughs> some some point, I'll let you know. Make sure what day. Not soon enough. Sure. 
and I will force myself to have some time to play uh, Atelier. Atelier. I can't never pronounce these goddamn games. No worries. Nobody else could pronounce it properly either, apparently, <laughs> including the voice actors. Yes. Play some of that this week because I've been waiting a long time to fire up that trilogy. So I will do so in song form. No, no one gets no. Please don't make me dig up my copy of My Rorona, okay? <laughs> I have seen Moana way too many times. Sorry, folks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen it a few times recently too, but my older one is currently more obsessed with Oliver and Company. Nice. So I've got I various worry? Billy Joel songs stuck in my head now. Why should I care? Got street bag walking. The, the city's a friend of mine. I've got that street savoir faire. Yes. It's fine. My my daughter still will march up and down the house singing uh, "This is Halloween." So. I'm just wondering how many times Wheels can start a new character in this. No, this is the final one. You promise? Yeah. I'll hold you to it. Clear. <laughs> this is the game for magics. Yeah, kinda. That's why it's the best. No. Yeah. But yeah, and now you understand why I don't like Dark Souls 2, because you tried playing it the way I tried to play it. Uh, yeah. We should uh, close this out. Uh, questions, as has been made clear, can be in the comments or the Discord, or you can shout them at someone on the street. I don't recommend that last one. It probably won't work. It um, might, though. If if you do, uh, take a video and share with us. Thank you. Maybe don't encourage that behavior. <laughs> okay. That's bad behavior to encourage. That's true. That's true. I, I trust our listeners. Shout at your not... friend on the street and and uh, make a video. Don't shout at strangers. That's not, that's very rude. Yeah, that's that's probably just bad for all involved. Uh, but you know, if yes. you, if you make that choice, uh, you know, we take no responsibility. Yes, and tell, uh, tell us what your favorite uh, Souls game is, and if you know, and I'll yell at why you're wrong. Tell me why I'm right. <laughs> and I will double yell at you if it's Demon Souls, and also shake my fist in your general direction. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll probably actually join Wheels if it's Demon Souls. <laughs> the Just one thing on. we can agree on. Come on, <laughs> what are you doing? Come on. But yeah, uh, otherwise. Um, Uh, I guess we can hit the road, see a space cowboy.